0: Welcome to the Care Exchange, the Skills Care podcast for managers in social care. I'm PRFJ burton And I'm Wendy Adams. Today we have a Care Exchange. First, we have two guests on the podcast, Hayley Taylor and Dan Gower-Smith. Hayley and Dan both work for a supported living service called Avenue Southeast Services. Avenue Southeast has recently been rated outstanding by CQC in all five domains. This was not the first time that Avenue Southeast has been rated outstanding. As the first supported living service in England, it was the third time that they were rated outstanding each time in all five domains.
1: So Hayley is the registered manager of the service alongside three other colleagues. Hayley's a long-standing um, employee for Avenues, having been there for 24 years. She started as a support worker and has been in a current role for five years now. Dan also started working in social care as a support worker. He joined Avenues 16 years ago as a manager and he currently works as the Director of Operations and is the nominated individual for Avenues Southeast Services.
0: So it's worth at this point just to explain the structure of the service. As mentioned, Avenue Southeast Services is a supporting living service. It has 22 settings across Kent and Midway. Some settings are with up to six people living in the same place and some have just one person. All the settings support people with learning disabilities, some with complex needs, some that, that have needs that may challenge. Each setting has a manager called a service manager who has day-to-day responsibility for the setting and Hayley and her registered manager colleagues have responsibility for overseeing a number of settings. In some places, this may be called an area manager role. Um, and just for transparency, uh, just to add that I used to work for Avenue South East Services before I joined Skills for Care, so I know Dan and Hayley very well so long introduction let's get on with it because we've got lots of questions to ask Dan and Hayley let's get on with the show so welcome Dan and Hayley to the Care Exchange how are you both very well thank you you. yourself yeah not too bad not too bad I'm really excited to have two guests (laughs) well first for us so um Dan, first of all, let's start with you and just say congratulations on your outstanding CQC rating. Wow, third time.
2: Uh, Yeah, thank you very much. We are immensely proud of our rating and just an opportunity to really celebrate the great support that our staff provide to the people that we work with. Um, As you said, it's the third time and we are so excited and pleased to be able to share such a, a fantastic example of what adult social care and support can be provided
0: yeah, exactly. So tell me a little bit about, you know, what happened. How do you prepare with your team before CQC inspection?
2: I think I think to begin with, that's a really good question in the fact that how do you prepare? And I think for us, we we don't see it as a standalone process that we should be prepared all of the time. And actually the word inspection can be quite worrying for staff and managers but actually we turn it on its head and just see it as an opportunity to celebrate um the service and the support that we're providing Um, it's a real opportunity to to share those great outcomes that the individuals have had um, and obviously for our staff for them to celebrate the skills knowledge and experience they have supporting individuals we're really lucky um here at avenues uh, lots of our staff have worked with us for a long time so that over the many years they've built up lots of knowledge and experience um so that comes across they're able to demonstrate that not only to inspectors but also to families social workers visitors and for them to be proud in their in their role um so yeah it, we, we want to prepare and we always keep it live and I think that's the really important thing It's like I said earlier it's not just a, a standalone process it's about um, celebration and if we as an organization can keep our values live and keep it real then that comes through when when inspectors come to our services and meet with people. I think the other thing that we try and do is is share um, lots of literature from CQC and talk really positively about how they support providers to improve. If you you can take the advice and the information they publish on their website and if you talk about that at team meetings, they're part of the service um, and using their documents to help promote and prompt us into ensuring that we're capturing the good things as well.
1: How easy is it, Dan, to do that? Because avenues, you've got lots of small services. How easy is it to, um, and how do you go about collecting the evidence across so many different settings?
2: I think that the starting point is to be consistent as an organisation. So we, uh, in the back office, if you like, we've got sort of office maps where um, documents are saved in the same place. And we we try and um, label documents in a positive way. So for argument's sake, our smile moments, um, it gives a real positive um, spin on what they are and they are an opportunity for our staff to celebrate what makes them smile. Um, and that's why we launched that because we, we often talk about capturing evidence and good news stories, which is, is is just as important. But actually, if you think about smile moments, little things make a smile as well as big things. So we we, we launched our smile moments campaign Quite a few years ago now, because um, it relates to everyone. We can all think about when we're visiting services, we're, we're talking to people, or we're seeing people out in their local community. If it makes you smile, you can then talk about it. And then what we we do is capture that in a written form and supported via photos. So therefore, that we we're being consistent across the organisation. But when we're looking back at achievements with individuals and what they've been doing throughout the the months and years since the last inspection, they can actually use them as a, almost like a prompt card for our staff and our managers, because you're reflecting back on good times and, and things that have made you smile as an individual, as visitors, as staff, and as, as people that are receiving services as well. Um, another way to, for, for consistency is bringing people together.'ve um, It's great that we've got technology where people can communicate and, and connect, but also still having face-to-face team meetings, bringing managers together from across different parts of the organization where they can share, talk about their best practice, also share about challenges they've had and what they've learned from that and then they can take that back to their, their staff team. Um, of course, we have the, the the very practical things of things like standard team meeting agendas, so we can make sure across many staff teams, consistent organisational messages are talked about and then brought back to the centre of the organisation and, and vice versa.
0: So just talk, going back to those smile moments, and I, I love the title of them, they have really sort of kind of, you know, as soon as you say it, you, you know exactly what you mean, you know, something that like oh, the big or small has made, made you smile and you think, right, I must capture that. So you write them up and who writes them? Who's responsible for doing that?
2: So anyone that makes, is made um, a smile moment, if you like. So um, recently I was driving um, back home and I saw someone that we support out with their support worker and they were having a chat, walking together. It just made me smile. So I went home, I wrote that up and sent the email via a dedicated email to the manager and we record it on a central system. Um, but it's the, the short answer is anyone that has a smile moment can um, submit that for us, to us. And we use text messaging, um, emails. Sometimes we just get told them and often families will write to us in a, in a written form. So they may not be describing their smile moment, but they're de- describing their experience of the support that their friend or family has, has received. And actually the person reading it has the smile moment because of that. So we would then turn that into a smile moment. We acknowledge it to the individual that has made a smile. So in that example, the family member, we would write to them and thank them for their smile moment. But we also make sure that the people that have been written about or or created that smile moment are also written to um, because we we want to acknowledge it um, and capture it. And actually it, it then promotes that positive culture around those examples. And then what happens is they share moments within their colleagues and staff teams that have made them them smile. Yeah. Um, I think the other thing to remember with smile moments is it doesn't have to be big. Lots of organisations like us are really good at celebrating the really big things that happen with people. And that, that's really important. We should celebrate those most definitely. Also we need to capture those really small things as well that are just as important. Like I said, seeing two people all going out for a walk, it just looks natural, great interaction and people having a good time. And I went home smiling. and, yeah. and I wanted to capture that and i think it's about that recognition of that good natural support
1: yeah. and what i love about it is you, it sounds like you've made that really easy to do you know i think often we we put in processes and we've got to have a performer for it and recording these these examples whereas what you're describing is people can just go that made me smile dash off an email send it into a standard text number Mm -hmm. or whatever and that's it done it's we're not making it difficult for people Mm -hmm. to 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 actually record these smile moments and i think that that's a really good positive thing Mm
2: -hmm. and if you think from the person that's had the smile moment experience it is is really um sort of simple process but actually it, it creates an opportunity for celebration for the organization so the person that's received or had the smile moment it it plays a part in that celebration as well and it, it forms part of lots of things we do across the organization so on our social media it's got its own hashtag um when we think about um our employee awards, we talk about smile moments there, um, mm. and even families now. And it's, it's been sort of a, a slow burn. And I think that's okay as well, because often you're right, Wendy, you, you launch something, you want it to be really big. But actually, we knew this would be a slow burn. And that's what's happened. And it is lovely to hear families talk about their smile moments now. And when they write in, they even use the, the hashtag smile moments. So it's catching on. Um, um, we are also including it now as part of our induction. So that staff, when they sort of join our organisation and they learn about that as well, because that's the way it's going to be um, growing and continue to be um, an opportunity for us.
0: Yeah, I suppose it's embedded that way, isn't it? Everybody, everybody's responsible. Um, and is that is that the same with evidence? So we've sort of kind of talked a lot about the smile moments, but obviously there's other types of evidence that you would be collecting how, how, how practically do you store that? And when when you this we heard introduction there that the service covers quite a big area with lots of different small services. How is some evidence locally, or do you have a central way of recording it? And what what do you do? Do you have a spreadsheet?
2: It's a bit of everything, to to be honest, Pia. Um, Locally, with with individuals, they'll have scrapbooks or memory books, memory boxes um, that can be shown to inspectors, the visitors and families when they're going to meet them um, and spend time in the service or with the individual finding out about their support. We have um, an online system. Um, We've moved to made a, a way of being quite digital with our paperwork so we we can be accessed um through a secure platform and then yes we do have a spreadsheet where we we log some of those small moments and and the outcomes in the same way as a compliments um yeah. register really um so that's that's the way we try and capture it Um, but there's lots locally as well and I think um, throughout this inspection I think you you would have read in the report the inspector or inspectors spent quite a lot of time in services talking to people observing support and interacting with staff and that's an opportunity to, to show and celebrate the support and that you know individuals well um it's it's great being able to sit in an office and pull up a spreadsheet or pull up files to show people but what we really was keen that the inspectors went and met people and and spoke to families because that's where the truth is going to come from and we wanted it to to be real um and we're really pleased and um, thankful to the whole inspectors that they did spend time in services and lots of services, because um, that that's that's key. We want the voices of of the people that receive services to come come through.
0: And Hayley, there were so many compliments in that report from families. So how, how do you kind of create a, a relationship with families that kind of means that they feel that they can give that kind of compliment so they, they trust you so much?
3: So I think in terms of that, the, the relationship building, it all starts from the very beginning when we go out and do our first assessment and um, and, and look at whether we're going to support that person and work with that family at that moment in time and start that relationship building. Um, certainly we um, adopt a culture of being very open and honest and transparent. We include our families in everything we do um, in know from reviews to any time of the day they they pop along they they can visit whenever they like it's an open door policy um they they know who they can contact and we share information with them throughout the organization Um, and we just really just try and build those relationships as best we can Mm. um we do have a family matters group within the organization as well where we've got some families that are involved in that project group um, and that enables families to join the group, have a say in the organisation and what we do. Um, they're able to um, comment and um, contribute to our policies and our procedures and um, just our ways of working and um, our strategies and um, quality and things like that. And I think it's just about being open and honest with them and just just sharing information and um, just engaging with them constantly. And I think that that's really key and important.
1: were some of these people the people who then were happy to speak to the inspectors as well because i think what i hear often is that services do really good stuff around engaging with with the people in their services and with their families but then the inspectors don't hear about that and i think one of the things that was really evident from your report was that you you had people in their families who were really keen to to share with the inspectors some of the good stuff yeah, we did.
3: And um, one of the things the inspector asked was for for the names and the contact details of the families. So we were able to go, you know, ask them um, if they were happy to speak. And, and, and a lot of them were, which was really good. So the inspector, he, he did contact uh, um, quite a few of the families and they were able to give the good news stories and the feedback that they gave, which was lovely to read. And
2: yeah. Hayley, that that included the families of... Um, some of the individuals that we were no longer supporting at that time of that inspection week because they had been supported their individuals had been supported by avenues during the sort of leading up to the inspection but they were still keen to talk to the inspector about their experience of receiving support via avenues and I think that's for me that's very telling because we'd been a, avenues have been a big part of their, their individuals and that family's life for a long time and they still wanted to make sure that that came across um, to the inspection team to understand what it's like to receive a service from from avenues.
0: That's really interesting. So you kind of gave them gave the inspectors details with their permission, obviously, of people, families, of people you're no longer supported. Yeah. Really interesting because mm. I think I don't think many many managers would think about that because that's. Obviously, if they've had a good experience and they've moved on positively, how whatever that whatever that means, that's a really great way of doing it. Yeah, I like that.
2: And I think with, with families, we, we, we try and capture their voice, even at our um, quality engagement committee and at board level. So, so Haley talked about our family matters group, which is there as Haley described, but we take those conversations, those messages and that learning through to our quality committee, up to our group board and back down. And we, we're trying to grow that family network and um, we've got lots of plans. Um, to to work with those identified families who have said they want to be part of it to to bring others on board and when we start one example is that when we start supporting someone we, we would like an existing family to talk to that fam- new family member so that they can understand a bit about avenues and obviously they hear it from from all of us but actually speaking to another family the the questions that you ask and the experience you had probably uh, will ring true to you and be more more um authentic because you want to know what it's going to be like so So we very much see that families are part of the 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 organisational sort of delivery of support services, and another sort of focus for us is that when we talk about families, we I think by default we think about parents um, because I think that's what's happened over the years. But we. We're working really hard to include siblings and other family members now, because um, at the age of the organisation, like us all, the parents are aging as well, but actually we're also supporting a lot of younger people who have got younger siblings. So we're trying to include those in in our conversations and our discussions. And it brings a different um, perspective when you're having conversations, certainly when we're talking about developing our policies or procedures or what does our next strategy look like it would be a very different view from a, a sibling to a mum and dad. And it typically is mum and dad like um, a safe service and think about all the safe things that are also really important. But siblings talk about having a life mm. and uh, taking those positive risks and actually enjoying life. And we have to manage that. And we also, and it's nice to see families having that involvement as a whole family. Um, and over the years, we, we're slowly seeing that, that shift. Um, mm-hmm. a- another point that we we try to do that when we we start supporting people is that we, we make sure, I well, I try and make sure that I go and meet them. I feel very strongly about that when we're talking about people in meetings and in conversations that I, I've met them. Um, and that's sort of like a personal ambition of mine to, to make sure that we we know people um, well that have a new support. Yeah,
0: absolutely. Hey, I just want to um, go back a little bit. So in introduction, we heard that you're one of four registered managers. That's quite unusual. I know that this, this structure, which we talked about as well, that this structure is a bit unusual. But how does it work having four registered managers?
3: Yeah, so we've all got an allocated patch and, uh, that we're responsible for mm-hmm. and take a lead on that particular area. And yeah. I think the most important and the key thing is ensuring good communication um, and keeping up to date and keeping in regular contact with each other. Um, so one of the things that we do is we have regular monthly registered managers meetings. That's in that's that, that's a fixed meeting, and that's in addition to the, the sort of weekly catch ups and things like that we have. But that registered managers meeting that we have once a month, we have an agenda for that. Um, it, we 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 kind of plan a day. Um, we spend the day together. We. Um, ensure that we um, look at each other's uh, services, what's going on, any matters arising, um, anything that's that's got worked well, um, incidents that may have happened, and we look at any lessons learned and share those experiences across the grape. Um, we all take um, a lead in different areas as well, so some of us have got more strength in sort of um, Profound multiple learning disabilities. Some have got more strengths in things like positive behaviour support. So we know each other's strengths um, and who to go to for um, maybe needing advice and things like that. Um, In addition to that, at those monthly meetings, we would look at sort of any updates in legislation. We look at our own continual development and attending um, conferences and things like that and how we're gonna keep up to date and how we're gonna share that information amongst our teams um and with each other yeah um we've also got as dan mentioned earlier we've got a system which is our, our don care system so all of our services they keep information on that system um each person we support the quality everything's on there, the staff training and we make sure that we take time out each month to review that make sure it's up to date um any changes have been updated on it, and that the whole system's there so that when we do get an inspection, it doesn't come as a shock and a panic. Um, and, and it's just an ordinary day, really, and we should be able to just um, have the evidence there that we've already collected because it's an ongoing live system that we've got together. So um, so that that's, I think, the um, working together, That that's the most important thing, just ensuring that we trust, we respect each other, we've got them shared goals and that common um, vision and we just keep in regular contact constantly and and just talk do you
0: audit each other's services and to
3: sort of kind of yes yeah we do do that as well um we've got our own responsible uh, area that we're responsible for and we keep audits on that but yeah every now and again we do go out into each other's services and do various different audits so we would do um, we would look at the um, CQC standards. We would audit against those. We do our finance audits, our medication audits. Um, we look at people we support, their files, everything really. Training, we audit that and yeah. making sure people's training is always up to date. Um, yeah, just everything really. So, And then we would feedback. We feed back to our quality team and um, to each other. Sounds really good. It's inter-
0: interesting, isn't it? Because I think just, you know maybe 10 years ago just having like a job, job share was quite a big thing in seek for seek from a secrecy being a registered register manager and the things are really really involved and to have four register manager and I know Dan when we when we chatted about it a while ago you sort of said well you were a bit nervous about it but actually they were like yeah yeah whatever you know I as, long as, you're, as long as you're doing what you're meant to be doing and it sounds like you are then that makes sense doesn't it
3: really the team that we've got at the moment as well we've been um We've all worked together quite closely for a long time. And I think we all know, got a good understanding how each other works. Um, and, yeah, we just, it just seems to work really well. We, we, you know, we just, like I say, we communicate with each other all the time and we, we we just keep up to date with what's going on. And I think that's really important to not only know your own services, but to keep a good, under clear understanding of what's going on in others as well. Yeah.
2: And it was noted in the report as a positive change since our last inspection that we've increased the registered managers and one of our aims is to make sure that the the registered managers are as close to the the point of the delivery of support as possible. i think having one registered manager with a large registration that would be a real challenge for the individual to be able to meet their whole regulation requirements and whilst they're all four are equally legally responsible under the regulations actually having that approach to share that i think is is a real positive for for the people receiving the services and the staff that are employed in under that registration yeah
0: dan i wanted to to ask you about culture So it was one of the things that when Wendy and I was talking about the report that came out so strongly. um, So how do you create that good culture that is mentioned in the report across all those many, many services?
2: I think it starts long before someone works for avenues it's it's we talk about values based recruitment and it, and it is that it's about recruiting and attracting the right people but avenues being able to be very clear in what our values and aims and ambitions are and that they are lived and breathed in the organization every decision we make we always bring it back to how does it affect the people receive services and the staff that, that work for us um, and that's the starting point we we also have it from the board so the board level down to to everyone in the organization we talk about the culture we, we there's not an us and them so when we're delivering recently we delivered active support and positive behavior support training that included trustees because that's really important that they understand what what, what the organization is delivering um and aiming to 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 sort of consistently deliver across the organization i think the other part around the culture is and and it's it's about all levels of management being visible so you, you don't have just a finance director that works in a head office sitting behind her desk she's out visiting services um, we have all of the directors that are actively involved in services our ceo um, we'll go and visit places and meet people in the same way as, as I would. But also our, our registered managers and area managers are positively out in services, promoting what Avenues is about, being open and honest and creating that culture where people feel empowered to talk to us. Because I think that's the starting point. If people can talk to us, talk to us about challenges, give us good ideas, because often that's where, where the good ideas come from and we can act and make changes that they, they see as as a group together, we, we are doing what we can. I, I would also say our training, um training is obviously really, really important. We've seen a shift to a lot of e-learning training, but the one thing that we, we've we continued at avenues is to make sure that hands-on training is delivered, like active support training. So it's not just a theory base. We have our positive behaviour um, partners, our registered managers, our area managers, in-services, practice leading, delivering from the, um, the start of when how support should be delivered to individuals. And that keeps that culture alive. Um, um, the one and we talk about our values so integrity we, we talk about that a lot because we do the right thing and that's not always the easiest uh, and we we talk to people about that's okay to to do a, make a difficult decision as long as we're doing it with integrity we don't just do the the easy option um, and we it links into what we talked about earlier about staff being proud Because if you're proud of your job and what you're doing, you'll talk to people about it, you will ensure that everyone knows what you do. um, And that comes across in how staff convey their role and what they've been doing with individuals. And recruitment and retention. So we talked about earlier about attracting the right people, but also it's retaining um, the staff that that we've got. And we are proud of our retention rates. They are above um, the sector average. um, And that that retains that knowledge, that skill, that experience, and that passion within a staff team, and also enable you to induct new people in. Um, So, yeah, I think it's it's part of everything we do, regardless of your role within the organisation, you should uphold the values. And we have clear KPIs to make sure people visit. So even office-based roles, they still go and meet people and understand what the organisation's delivering. Sorry.
1: Sorry. When Sorry, if- I was just going to say, I'm really interested in what you're saying about empowering staff to to speak up and be proud of what they, they do. Because one of the things that struck me in the report was staff were really, really good at being able to give very concrete examples, detailed examples of some of the great work that they've done. And I think that's a difficult thing sometimes to do empower staff to do. How, how do you get staff to that point where they're, they're happy to not just share examples, but to share them in, in that detail and recognise the things that they're doing so well?
2: I think there's not one answer, which is I'm sure everyone that will be listening wants to know what that magic answer is, and I don't think there is one, but I think it goes right back to where we started the conversation, even with the small moments. We're normalising, celebrating things. We're normalising, talking about being proud, um, trying to make it natural. And I know through team meetings, the the teams will talk about what the individuals have achieved, making sure that planning with individuals is, is recorded and is talked about. So when... When an inspector or a social worker or a family member says, what has X person been doing, they talk about it naturally. It's not, it's it's what they're used to doing and it's it's a challenge to normalise it. But I think that's the only way you can do it and, it's, and do that over a long period of time um, and see, again, the inspection process as your opportunity to celebrate because I think the title inspection is a little bit scary and can make people nervous that I've got an inspection I'm being looked at. Actually, turn it on its head, celebration, celebration, just tell, show. And um, we often say uh, avenues, if we will show the inspectors, we'll tell them, we'll show them again and we'll tell them once more, just so that we know that they've understood what what's happening. And um, that's why we were so proud when when the inspectors wanted to go out and talk to people as well, because they would, would have heard from Haley and her colleagues examples in the registered office they would have then gone out and seen it in action and then they might have spoken to a fan member or a staff member that said this is what we've done and that you see that triangulation of it happening hopefully consistently mm-hmm. um i think people also worry about an inspection everything has to be perfect And I think that's not the case. I think it's about what you're doing about it and showing the inspection team that you're learning and the changes you're making. And even if you haven't made a change now, think about sharing what you're doing in the future. What's your thinking at the moment? I mean, it's not always signed, sealed and delivered and looking wonderful, but just think about you're showing how you're developing the service and moving it forward.
3: I think what we do as well. Um, As an organisation, we do mock uh, CQC inspections as well. So we go into services and that won't necessarily be um, someone that the the team are familiar with. It might be someone from our quality department or someone from another area. And we speak to the um, the team and and ask lots of, you know, around the standards and things like that. Um, We've also got another document which is live in each service, which is um, uh, what makes a good and outstanding service. Um, we've shared the skills for care documents on that as well. So we regularly go through that document and, and try and get evidence from the staff and get them to think about um, the, the well-led and the responsive and the caring and, and examples that they've got that they would share with an expect- inspector if the manager wasn't there on the day as well. So. Um, Talking about CQC it's a regular agenda item in every service and I think we just keep it live and just talk and talk about it all the time as well so hopefully the staff when an inspection happens and the inspector comes along and speaks to them it tries to stop some of those anxieties as well And, and like Dan said the staff then just feel confident to be able to share what they do really well.
1: Yeah. We're not very good, are we? We're not always very good at, I think, yeah. being able to talk about the things that we do well. You know, we're, we're often very keen to talk about the things that aren't going very well, but we, we don't always shout about the things that, that we are doing well. And getting that sort of culture in your service seems to be part of what you've done really well. Yeah.
2: I would not wanting to offend any nationality, but we often say, "Be less British, be more American," and and I think that helps is a good way again to visualise what you're doing. And it, um, American colleagues like that as well, because you can you're celebrating, bring out, be proud, be loud, be brash, tell people what you're doing. So, um, trying to link things to catchphrases like that, we we find is is, is quite helpful um, for for about, people.
0: Tell us about the raisin,
2: Dan. Uh, the raisin story. You've heard, you must have heard, well, you've clearly heard this before. So I think if you, if you was to put a raisin on a table or put it in someone's hand, uh, traditionally they'll just say it's a raisin. You say, put it in your mouth. It tastes small. And when you bite into it, it's a bit squidgy. But actually, it's the opposite way. You look at a raisin, it's, it's quite small. It's a bit of a funny shape. It's got lumps and bumps in it. It's got a slight curve there. When you put it into your mouth, it tastes differently on your tongue. And that's how you should describe it. You can say a raisin is small round and goes in your mouth, one bite, and it's gone. Or you can talk about a raisin being this amazing little thing that started off as a grape. It dried out and it's got little curves on it. It's a funny shape. When you put it into your mouth, it feels different on your tongue. And that's a good way for managers to talk to their staff teams. But when you're describing an activity, not just so-and-so went swimming last week. Actually, five months ago, this individual didn't leave the house. They were frightened to go out. But what we've done is we put this plan in place and this is, and now they go swimming every week. It's a very different outcome for the same outcome for a very different story to telling what the improvements you've made to that individual's life. So, when we use that raisin example in team meetings and you know, in all sorts of training, it, it brings it to life for people and it, it stops that conversation of, Well, that's just what we do, it's our job to support someone to go swimming. And yes, it is their job to support someone to go swim, but when you've got an individual that hasn't left their home, or has never been swimming before, you can't just expect them to go swimming, you have to plan with that. And often we celebrate what people will talk about the end part, which is the swimming. But the work leading up to it was was the big piece of work. And planning for with that first time you go swimming, doesn't work we all know using that example if you walk into swimming pool it's loud it's echoey it smells different it's really really hot how do you prepare someone for that if they've never experienced it we know that so it's planning all those sorts of things but not just saying this person goes swimming every week because swimming and being active is a part of um, providing social care and our role and I would say that's what we should be doing. And it's a minimum standard. But actually the, the history behind that changes the outcome for the for the individual considerably. And we have to assume that inspectors don't know that because often they don't. And I think we see it in written reports and we see it through conversations. We know what we know. So you start from a point of your knowledge. The person opposite the table doesn't, doesn't know that um, and I think Haley will, will pick up on this in a moment, but the, the approach of the inspectors was very open. They asked open questions and it encouraged that conversation. And that helps as well. And it, it's really useful f- to providers that when inspectors can see how nervous and that, that's natural as well for managers and staff, but approach in a way that creates a conversation because more comes out. Absolutely.
0: So Haley. um, Dan's mentioned already, so I wanted to ask you a little bit about some top tips around that inspection day. So you've been preparing for, I don't know, three, four years. Uh,
3: you know, you you got there, the inspectors is there. What What's your top tips? So I, th- I think, like we've said all along, really, preparation is the key. I think on the day, try and remain calm, be confident, but, you know, have, lo- have lots of evidence together. We printed off files and files of paperwork ready to... Um, evidence what we were saying as well so we weren't just telling the inspector what we've done well we've we've got the evidence there to back that up and show him um, and I think as well all, all four of us were in the room that day we worked really well together we were able to one got stumped on a question the other one was able to chip in really quickly um, and it's just working together constantly and I think that what I said earlier about meeting regularly and that communication was so key on that day because we just worked really really well together but I think just having that um, that information to hand really. and if you do get stumped you, you've got it in front of you so you you've kind of got them prompts as well but um we just talked and talked that day and um until we couldn't talk anymore really. Um, we didn't even have lunch. I think we were we started the inspection about half past nine in the morning and I think we came out of the office about five o'clock that evening but we just talked and talked and had l- so many um examples and, and so much evidence to show.
1: Yeah, so we, we, um, we always have two standard questions that we ask all of our podcast guests. Um, so I'm going to start with the first one for you, Hayley, um, as, the, as the registered manager. We have our time for care slot in every episode. Um, so could you give us your most time saving tip?
3: I think for me, what I would say is be organised, be prepared. Um, organization is the key, um, keeping on top of everything, Um, utilizing um, your resources that you have to hand. So like Dan said, we've got our admin team, things like that, but just being organized and prepared.
1: Brilliant, thank you very much. And finally, over to Dan, um, I want you to imagine, this is your question, I want you to imagine that you're in a lift um, on the 10th floor and you're with a group of registered managers. And before everyone gets out, you've got an opportunity to tell them your something that you think is the most important. What's your key message that you'd want to leave them with?
2: A very good question. I would say, be confident in your role, celebrate the successes, Take every opportunity to learn, but also remember that well supported staff support people well.
1: Good point. Yeah, absolutely.
0: Wendy, did you just want to go back and ask Dan his time saving tip? Yeah, uh, <laughs> I'm sure you a great one. <laughs>
2: I would say use a spreadsheet for everything because I think whole lives can be mapped by spreadsheets. But no, I I would say it's it's planning, use a governance tool, whatever works for you, but planning and allow your whole team to to work with you so that delegation and, and plan and support your team around you. There will be people in your staff teams that have got brilliant skills or a passion or an interest harness that share it let them run with it and let them do that part for you let them do the heavy lifting and you can focus on something else but yeah plan develop and um support people
0: great thank you so much both of you um i think we managed to get through it with two guests uh, uh, and i hope you enjoyed being part of the care exchange thanks very much for your time bye thank you very much thank you So, Wendy, we survived an episode for two guests. That was all right, wasn't it? It was. A really interesting chat with Dan and Hayley. I think there were so many things to think about with them. I think th- th- that culture and that, and I think with this culture is that's those smiled moments because I think as soon as they explain those smiled moments, they made sense, don't they? you can, anybody can pick them up. And I think the culture of everybody has an equal role and therefore are equally responsible for creating smile moments goes through everything else that they do. So they, they're used to talking about, it's just a culture to talk about things they're proud of, the things that make them smile. That's just part of it. And you can do it by text. You can do it by email. You can do it in lots of different ways. All those things to me just says culture and sharing good practice and sharing the things that we're proud of it was yeah. just you know it's just interesting when you heard all those little things and you think, well this is all All fitting together
1: isn't it yeah absolutely and i think when they were talking about culture there was two sides of that for me one was that there was the bit about being able to really um shout about the things that they were doing well but they also came across as being an organization who were who were really keen to learn when things hadn't gone so well and i think that's both sides of that and i suppose what that made me think about was the skills for care learning from events module that we have Um, Because that's a really good way to develop skills in your organisation, to do exactly that, to look where things maybe haven't gone as well as planned, and to think about how that could be addressed, how things could be done differently and what learning there could be. And that's a, a 35 minute module that's available through the Skills for Care website and it's free. Um, yeah. But in addition to that, people can claim £50 back from the Workforce Development Fund. And I just think that's such a great, um, you know, a great opportunity. Because for me, that bit about culture is both those things. Yeah. It's about being able to celebrate the good, but look at the areas where things haven't gone quite so well. And as a whole team, think about what can be done um, to work on those things. Absolutely, absolutely, and I think just they have so many things that
0: they, you know, they will be, they could be sharing externally, but the fact that they they seem to spend a lot of time also sh- sharing internally with the. We're going back to the smile moments because I do really love love them because clearly that you know they talked about it being part of their induction, part of their you know staff awards you know it's it's their families are involved with it it's just everywhere isn't it sharing good practice sharing good practice sharing good practice um you know and when you're thinking about you know one of the skills for care resources and, and Hayley mentioned that they they use this the resources that we have which is great but something like the inspection toolkit does exactly that sharing just loads of different good practices you know dividing it up in the in the five domains looking at in safe what are what are the things that lots of other people have done that's been really good practice how can we use that amend it a bit and then using our service as good practice and that's exactly what they're doing with their smile moments with all those other pieces of evidence that they're sharing as a as a as a service across those 22 individual settings yeah really interesting Right. So thank you very much for today. So that's it for now. Um, we really hope you enjoyed this episode. If possible, please do follow the Care Exchange on your podcast platforms. You don't get notifications of any episodes of the new, of new episodes of the Care Exchange. Um, so bye for now.
1: Bye.